Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is not a game, but our 200th episode spectacular. Spectacular, spectacular. That's right, folks. This is it. The 200th episode of the show. And yes, we are just as uh, surprised as you are that we made it this far. Woohoo! Yeah. And we're going to do things a little differently this episode. We're not reviewing a game, but we're going to go through some questions you fans have for us and eventually get into the nesters in the second portion of our show. Yeah, we uh, had a, a recording kind of mishap to where uh, when we originally recorded this, we had to scrap it and try it again. So here we go. <laughs> yes, uh, let's hope and pray that this one goes off without a hitch. Indeed. So yeah, we put out a call to our friends and fans to see if they had any questions for us. And if they did, we said we'd answer them. And we will. One question that comes up a lot is... The age-old question of how did Nick and I meet? Uh, Yes. And it is a tale as old as time. (laughs) A tale that is basically the short version is we went to the same high school at one point. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was really funny uh, because I still remember when we met because it was you had, I think, my senior year of high school and Eric was uh, one grade lower, right? Yes, because my parents forced me to repeat the seventh grade, (laughs) even though I'm a little over two weeks older than you. Yeah, it's weird. Weird is well, not the word I would use. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was like my senior year and I'd just gotten these new, like I was real pumped because I got to go to Suncoast and pick out some cool new like anime t-shirts and like I was real pumped to have my uh, my brand new, like it was the sweet white Tetsuo t-shirt with his awesome bionic arm and stuff. And, and I, was, I, was, I was just real pumped to wear it because I was like, this is going to be so weird. No one's going to know what the heck it is. And I am a military brat. Uh, you know, we were moving all over. And then for my last two years of high school, we moved uh, back to the Ohio and a very small town, small school. And I remember being there the first day looking around thinking, oh, no, what have my parents gotten me into? <laughs> One, what is this Carhartt that everyone's wearing? <laughs> and then two, what does everyone think of my wickedly awesome Neo Tokyo is about to E-X-P-L-O-D-E Akira shirt with Kaneda on it? Yeah, it was uh, it was just really funny, you know, where I was like, who the hell else knows about Akira? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And I was just like, I don't. I assumed I was like, this has got to be a new student or something, because if there were, I don't know, it was just funny. <laughs> and it was. I, I remember seeing you and thinking, oh, well, that guy's wearing Chucks. He's got an Akira shirt on. This place can't be all bad. <laughs> and uh, you gave me false hope there, Nick. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but, you know, we were uh, friends. Not best friends, I think, that first year. Yeah, you know, um, it was it was more after high school, you know, because we started living together for many years where it was like us and well, different groups of friends or people, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I think times. <laughs> when I moved out, I cleaned dorms uh, at the college uh, we attended to, well, get my room and board. And while I was there, I had you come over one uh, night to share in the experience of, I think it was Street Fighter Alpha. Oh, yeah, the 3D one. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. from that point on, you know, you started coming over more often. And then by the end of that freshman year, uh, you'd taken up permanent residence on um, our couch in our dorm. That's right. And many a night was spent uh, playing Quake 2, Half-Life, Mario Kart, uh, Mario Tennis. 
Oh yeah, lots of uh, the, yeah, the N sixty four was a blessing in those days because it had all the great party games. You know, that's kind of Nintendo's their new focus was was started then. And we were, you know, that was definitely a big dorm room console for sure. And as you said, from uh, that point on, we pretty much lived together for the next uh, five or six years. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and then throughout that time, uh, we shared many gaming uh, experiences together, moving through the various Mario Karts, the Double Dashes. And uh, once we had a house, that's when the old systems finally started coming back out, the Nintendos and Super Nintendos. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. There was many a, an evening where our roommates, for some reason, thought they could get better at Contra than us. Or, well, Super C. Super C it was. And so, of course, when a challenge comes along, we must accept it. And we spent so many days just refining our Contra skills to the point where we realized you did not need the 30-man code. No, no, no. And then following that, there was the, you know, many uh, hardcore bouts of Dr. Mario. Yeah, yeah, which was uh, strangely popular amongst other people. I don't know, hipsters, you might say. It's kind of satellite acquaintances that would come by our, I don't know. We'd have parties and there was a lot of trash talk, not from me or you, you know. We'd be like, okay, let's play and just destroy them. It was uh, good times. I'm pretty sure we made at least 5 or $10 uh, betting people that we could take them on. Man, I would hustle people. I wish During those I wish I had applied that more in <laughs> that brief time. Agreed. Uh, you know, that's also when we got into the Contra 3 Alien Wars and some of those games together. And then I went and had a kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had stopped living together right before that. You moved in with Abby and I moved in with my Lady J. Mm-hmm. And even once I had the kid, though, I mean, we'd still get together and I'd bring the Wii over and we'd play some Wii bowling or jump back into Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, yeah. The Wii was one of my few forays into a current system because, you know, Wii bowling especially was like, holy cow, this is so fun. And, you know, and, and but then the virtual console, like I really wanted Mega Man 9. And then eventually I got Guitar got Hero into yeah, Guitar Hero. And I was like, oh, my God, I really love this game. And I want to get all the instruments, but I don't want to buy all these extra Wiimotes that I don't need. So I eventually then got a Xbox 360 and uh, tons of stuff. Yeah, that was the last time I've peeked my head into current gaming kind of <laughs> until now oh yeah well that's true i i do have a nintendo switch finally and it's uh pretty awesome so i mean that's the long version of how we met and a brief <laughs> overview of our life gaming together yeah you're up to speed now folks uh now uh one of our friends on facebook joe also asks surely doing a podcast takes up a lot of time uh how much of game time do you dedicate to a week's game and then his follow-up is do you get to play modern games as much as you'd like and uh, that first part is, how much time do we dedicate to the games we play for the podcast? And I think uh, for both of us, a lot of that depends on the game. Yeah, like if it's one I've never played before or is especially difficult or or, or not fun, then then it can get, you know what I mean? It usually ends up taking longer for those, but I don't yeah. know. Sometimes length is a good thing in some cases. Uh, you know, bare minimum, we put in two to three hours of playtime. Oh, yeah, it's, it's probably closer to, I usually try to play for at least an hour a day you know that that's that's the goal i set for a game that i'm not into you know where i'm like all right well just put in an hour and keep plugging away we'll get done with this eventually <laughs> yeah. on average for me it's probably about four or five hours yeah i mean most of the most games are, are doable with that you know i think mm-hmm. but that doesn't cover all of our time for the podcast because you know we both do our own sets of research you uh work on finding the manual and we also both take notes so that we have something to look at and we're not just flubbing lines or just making up stuff (laughs) willy-nilly right right yeah so i'd say i put another hour or so into my research and notes and then uh 
then we record. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably two hours worth of editing for every hour of podcasts, I would say. So and Nick does a pass, and then I do a pass. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, all in all, it's it's doable, um, especially for me, because I don't have children. But <laughs> it does become a bit of a time management struggle for me sometimes. Uh, as people may know from things I've said, I also coach a robotics team. I'm a troop assistant for a Girl Scouts troop. Uh, normally, uh, I drive my kids to judo twice a week, and we do a lot of activities like that. So there's definitely a scheduling. I got to figure out when I'm sliding these into my time. But as mm-hmm. you heard, a lot of times I do share these games with my kids. So it's kind of a time I can spend with them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, and we should say, too, that as of now, COVID-19 still rages. So as a parent, you have lost a few hours during the day of solitude, I think, that, you know. Um, yeah, now at this point, both my kids are, uh, their school districts are home learning uh, which my son, he's like on his own in his room, but with my daughter, she's nine. There's always technical things. <laughs> so I, I got to be in the periphery, making sure that she's on track and that her computer's running properly. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But then that gets to our next uh, point, which is, does that leave time for modern games? And I'm going to answer part of this for Nick and that Nick barely plays any modern games. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I still have some, but I, uh, the most recent one, I played on the Switch uh, was uh, Breath of the Wild, and it you know was a great thing for lockdown. It took over my life for a few weeks and was awesome. Uh, but you do play a lot of more retro games in your free time. Yeah, it's true because most of the modern games I play are like you know Dead Cells or these these like old platformer uh, games. So um, I do go. I do love that retro style, man. Um, but I'm not like uh, ideologically opposed to newer games and stuff. It's just always been one of these things where it's like there's for 20 years, this pile of games I've been meaning to play just keeps building and building. So it's like, I don't know the the, the older ones are usually way cheaper. So or free if you know where to look. Yeah. Now, for me, um, I've always kept a modern system, uh, usually a Nintendo plus one other. And, and now it's no exception. I do play a lot of modern games. Um, finding that balance is hard, but as a gamer at heart, I'll find the time. I'll stay up an hour later, sneak an hour in the morning. It's just about trying to figure out when you can slide it in. Uh, you know, depending on the game, for me, a lot of time, it's when I have my coffee in the morning. I'll sit down and okay. bust out an hour of uh, Animal Crossing or No Man's Sky. Or uh, more recently, I just played through the entire uh, Arkham Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never had a chance to play that one. So I may not always be on the most cutting edge of games, but I'm usually within the 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 year sure sure yeah and and again it's like i don't like there are plenty of, of modern games that i think are awesome but i'm always like <laughs> um i don't tease myself you know what i mean like i purposely try to avoid release information for you know consoles i don't have or things because i'm like i don't want to i don't want to force myself to to you know want these games that i, I probably won't have for a long time so it's got a self-inflicted wound in a way you know Mm-hmm. Our next question is, what is your favorite console and why? Ooh, it's a, it's a good one. Now, um, I, I'm going to narrow it down. I'm going to say yours is either the Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Am I correct? Uh, well, yes, I would say the NES is my favorite. Okay. And it's the, my favorite as well, and probably for the same reason as you. It was the system of my childhood. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of nostalgia because it was uh, the best present I probably ever got, you know, where I, I couldn't believe it, you know, and it was so cool. And, you know, it, it changed my life in a way. <laughs> but uh, same here. I mean, when I got mine, I didn't even know what the Nintendo Entertainment System was. You know, right, luckily right. or unlikely, my parents had divorced uh, earlier that year. And 
they had only been on the market a short while. I've, I've gone back and tried to figure out the timeline for this, but since the Nintendo timeline is so messed up. Yeah, it's fuzzy. Like I must have, my dad must have gotten one of the very earliest uh, shipments and his friend tipped him off to it. And I know I had this puzzled look on my face when I unwrapped it. And he was like, it's a video game system. And that's when I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And that was it. I mean, from that point on, I was the Nintendo kid. I, I went all in on Nintendo Power. You know, I was the kid that if you had a question about something Nintendo, you go ask Eric. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it becomes part of the identity. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I remember I got the Nintendo Entertainment System with Super Mario Brothers. And then the next weekend or so, we went to uh, Hill's Department Store. Uh, yes, that's where the toys are. It is. And that is where I bought uh, Duck Hunt separately. I was trying to decide between it and oh, what's the other shooting gallery game? Hogan's Alley? Yeah, it was that and Hogan's Alley. And then I also had to buy the gun separately. Oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> well, I did it. My dad did. But, you know. Well, yeah, but, you know. But then again, you know, the selection at that point must have mostly just been the black box games. So there wasn't anything. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I was missing out on Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, most of my early childhood memories and my really like endless hours of gaming are all tied to that console. Sure. And I think um, it also like represents a one of the larger stepping stones in terms of types of games you could have, like uh, like the, the platformer genre as it was, you know, as you know, Super Mario Brothers was such a big part of defining like, I mean, mine for sure. But I think a lot of people's like, whoa, video games can have these like environments. And then, you know, Nintendo just kept cranking out all these games for so long. Like there was this big and it was so popular as well that um, that a lot of companies, there was a lot more like experimental, like weird games, like people were still trying different weird things. And and so there's a lot of like kind of weird games that I, I just love. Yeah, I, I see that entirely. But I would say that for me, if I had to pick a second one, it would probably be PlayStation because that was, a, I, I think, a, a similar leap as well. Like from the 8 to 16 bit generations, it's like, I mean, everything got better and, and you, you could do some newer things. But the leap from that to disc games and the whole like all of the polygon graphics and I don't know, there was just when you are a huge RPG guy. So, I mean, the glut yeah. of. Finally, we got all of the JRPGs that they were trickling over before they all got released on the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, PlayStation, and I mean, of course, later PlayStation 2, but especially for the first one was they had so many games that it was just interesting to see all the different, you know, little weird ones that people would come out trying this new technology out, seeing what you could do and what you couldn't, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then another series of uh, questions we get asked, uh, uh, Farmer Slide Joe Bob uh, said, what is our favorite Game Boy game? But amongst he and others, uh, let's go through each one of the systems we cover here because we've been asked about all of them. Let's do it. So uh, Game Boy, what is your favorite Game Boy game? And you can't say Tetris. <laughs> right, right. Because I, I'm going to say we probably both played Tetris the most of any Game Boy game. Oh, by far. Yeah, I, I would agree. But um, it's a tough choice because I, I haven't really played a ton of Game Boy games. Um, but my f at least the favorite one that we've covered on the podcast, I would say, is probably Kid Icarus because I like the NES game. And this this it's an interesting evolution where you actually get the superior version of Kid Icarus on the Game Boy. Like they fixed all the problems I had with the first one. And um, it's super awesome. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was a... Well, like you said, a very pleasant surprise. But aside from that, I would say non-podcast that I have played, my favorite is probably Final Fantasy Legend. Mm -hmm. 
because I'm kind of a fan of the it's a saga game so it's weird and it, it's it's a weird RPG but it is like the first RPG that was on the Game Boy and it's uh it's one of my faves and um it was a uh, a really interesting game to play, especially that young, you know, I was like, I don't know what this game's got going on. Mutants and stuff. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I think I would have to be Super Mario Land. I know it's kind of a safe choice, but uh, so many mm. endless hours playing that game in the backseat of our tiny Chevette on my way to grandma's with that magnifying glass and light combo. <laughs> nice. And, you know, and that music is just uh, out of this world. Oh, it's good stuff. I um, I, li- I like it so far. To my experience, it's my favorite Mario game for the Game Boy. Like, it's another one of those weird things where you're like, man, what if they kept going this direction instead of, I don't know, the way they went, which also isn't bad, but it's, I don't know, it's a cool game. Definitely. Now, uh, let's dip back down to the Sega Master System. Do you have a favorite game for it? Um, yeah, it would probably be Fantasy Star, um, mm. recently reviewed on OGRPG. Like, which I tried to play when it was ported to the Game Boy Advance as a one, two, and three. And mm-hmm. I, I got to the first dungeon and I was like, oh, oh no. Uh, you you got to use maps. I think there's a newer version that auto maps for you, which I think takes a lot of the sting out of those yeah, dungeons. Uh, what is the, it's done by, um, like I'm blanking on the name of the company, but they're a really awesome studio that does ports of games, but they like just add a couple quality of life things that make them much more playable for the modern gamer. Right on. And I, I remember seeing that. It's kind of made me want to go back and check it out for sure. Hey, I would I would recommend it, um, especially with the newer versions. But <laughs> what about you, sir? Sega Master System. You know, I, I never had a lot of uh, experience with the Master System. I think as a kid, the only games I ever played on it were Rambo, Fantasy Zone, and Shinobi. Right on. Yeah. Um, and it's none of those games. It would probably have to be Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. It's a good one. Yeah, it totally surprised me. It was just a ton of fun, and I really became a huge fan of it. And and I, you know, from the other one, we played uh, the franchise to a degree. Uh, next up is probably the hardest one for us, and that would be Nintendo. What's your favorite Nintendo game? Just kidding. I know the answer. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I've, I've always loved The Legend of Zelda. It's my favorite. Uh, and it's mine as well. It's it's so good in so many ways. Um, you know, we've already talked about it. We have a whole episode about it, but... Multi-parts. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, there were so many good games like, um, on the NES that was easy, that were easy to love, like the Contra series or, you know, I, I love Final Fantasy. I would put the first one up there. It's, it, it versus Dragon Warrior three, both like rivaled for my little RPG heart mm-hmm, in the NES days. I mean, for me, Zelda is definitely the clear winner because that game, you know, when I got it, I got it when it first came out. It was just too hard for me. I just didn't even understand certain mechanics of the game. But like as I grew, I always played it and like I grew with it and more and more unlocked to me. And it was just this amazing game that always had more things to discover and to find, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. And, no, you know, not until that. recently, there's been so few games that really have that discovery aspect as a core part of their mechanic. And it's something I always yearned for after that. Yeah, it, it just has such a great sense of like place. I don't know. You get to learn the the layout of the world. Like I, I just love it, man. I, it was it was a, a, a fun game to poke around with, you know. Yeah, and then if I had to choose a follow a runner up, I guess for me it would probably be Mario Three. I yeah, I yeah. loved all the Mario games, but I put in so many hours into Mario Three. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's awesome. Uh, that or Castlevania Three. Those two. Mm-hmm. right up there just both amazing games that i i spent you know childhood hours you know when you have endless days to sit in front of a 
Cathode Raid Tube. Ah, yes. Get that cathode tan, man. Mm-hmm. So next up is the Genesis. What is your favorite Genesis game, Nick? Well, that is a tough call as someone who didn't have the full thing. Or, you know, I didn't... I had one growing up kind of... When I got closer to high school, my little brother had one. And I did play some games, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was my, my best friend uh, had one. And that really yeah. influenced my decisions, which I'm going to start this time, Nick. Mm, go for it. Now, uh, I would say my favorite game would be Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, sure. It's it's a great one, man. And it's one that we both have enjoyed together many times outside yeah, I mean, of the podcast. That's a big part of it. And just the fact that it is such a unique and interesting game that it was one of the first kind of roguelikes. It was one of the first I ever encountered, you know, so. And it just has a such a unique sense of humor and style. And as a fan of uh, 80s rap, you know, it, it really that, got me. <laughs> that funky bass, man. Oh, yeah. And then my runner up would probably be uh, Herzog Zwi, which Zwei. I. Zwei. Zwei. Which uh, it's funny because I, I don't think I ever got past like the second level. I just always played it multiplayer. Yeah, I, I played it uh some myself too and it's fun it's not it's i'm not usually a real-time strategy person but uh i had a lot of fun with that one me and my brother playing it it was uh it was a blast but if i had to pick one i would probably go with uh well i mean it's it's kind of a cop-out but contra hardcore is up there it's it's in that discussion for me even though it's it's a new addition so but i would say i would agree entirely it is that good but my favorite would oh. probably be uh, Fantasy Star 4, because okay. it's probably the best of the series. Well, no, it is. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's one of the true greats that, as a Super Nintendo RPG lover, I, I was always like, wow, that, that looks super awesome. And it is. So, you know, it, check it out if you haven't. And I totally yeah. slipped on Gunstar Heroes. Uh, I forgot about that one. That would be up there for me as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't play a lot of weird games on like the Sega Genesis was where I first played like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which is a game and genre that I really like or weird games like uh, there's this game called King's Bounty. I couldn't remember what it was called until recently. That's a, it's a weird it's like the proto Heroes of Might and Magic or something. It's a weird kind of I don't think it's a uh, roguelike because it's not all randomly generated, but you're looking for like this crown or something. There's like pieces of it that could be anywhere. It's it's an overhead like RPG slash action game. It's uh it's out there. I haven't played it in a long time, but I'm just real pumped about it because I figured out what it was called. So uh lots of memories playing that game. Cool. <laughs> Uh, which leaves us with one more system here, Nick. Mm-hmm. And that would be the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo. Well, I mean, for me, it's really kind of a tie, I would say, between Super Metroid, which we've discussed at length in the past. Love uh-huh. it. It's, it's so close to being like, or maybe the closest thing to a perfect game I've ever played. But It's definitely up there. But I would also say Final Fantasy 3 uh, slash 6 in Japan, if you know what I mean. But it was three to me when it came out here, and, and I loved it to death, and I still do. It's probably my favorite of the series, maybe my favorite RPG of all time. Yeah, that so would good. definitely be my number one as well. My my runner-up would probably be Zelda. Yeah, yeah. It, that's, that is, man, there's a lot of good ones that could be up there. You know, Chrono Trigger's really good. Um, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, Super but, Mario World or, you know, uh, like, uh, yeah, I played that game nonstop till I beat it in the first two weeks I had the system. But like <laughs> you said, uh, Final Fantasy three was just a huge step forward in anything I'd ever even uh, thought about as terms of gaming and storyline and 
and it just captured me in so many different ways. You know, I enjoyed Final Fantasy 2 and 3 was just a whole, another step up, you know, a whole doubling of the game, it felt like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a fun game, too, that whenever you met a new person who played it, you'd be like, oh, well, who are your favorite characters? What did you did you you know, there's a lot of like side quests. And oh, I know, because when I met you guys, you all thought I was insane for picking the Moogle. <laughs> You guys were like, you paid that guy? I was like, yeah, I love the Moogle. He's one of my favorites. (laughs) Well, the thing is, uh, they're all pretty balanced, except for, well, anyways, but that's beside the point. But uh, Save it for OGRPG. Yeah, I got a lot to say about that game. But (laughs) Our next question comes from uh, some of our oldest friends and supporters, the awesome couple at the Backlog Odyssey. And they ask, have you ever considered expanding beyond the 8 and 16-bit eras? Uh, If so, what generation of consoles would be your cutoff? Ooh, it's a good one. Um, I can say that at least as far as uh, OG RPG is concerned, we have said it in the intro, but we haven't gotten there yet, but we will be doing 32 bit games. Probably, you know, like Eric mentioned earlier, there were a ton of RPGs on the PlayStation. A lot of them are pretty good. So it would be a, a shame not to go there. True. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, the main reason we haven't gone too far beyond the systems we do is that as you get further and further into the consoles, the games get larger and larger. And, uh, there's just not as much time to play those games and then go through all the aspects in the deep dive sense that we do. Either that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And it's so, not like uh, it's not like some vow I took where I'm like, I hate games after this date. You know, it, it's more of just a function of feasibility for, you know what I mean? Being able to do it weekly, you know. And we've dipped our toe into some uh, Game Boy Color games, of course. We'll probably end up doing some Game Boy Advance games and maybe one or two N64 games as well. Things that are smaller and easier to, you know, wrap into our one or two episodes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good stuff. And then their follow-up question is, uh, so if there was a game, so what game or games would you love to cover if you we could cover any, all the systems? Oh, wow, yeah. And I think there's definitely one I want to cover with Nick, and I will. And this will be its own special episode. And that would be uh, the game he mentioned he played. That'd be the newest Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's super good. I think we both really enjoyed it. So then there's definitely a lot to talk about. Yeah, and so many ways that it ties back into its 8 and 16-bit roots. I think there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, What about you? hmm. Well, even though it's not really, it's probably more og rpg material but i if i could get my hands on a version or on the game dragon force for the sega saturn which i don't mm. really have access to but it's one of my favorite games that i loved intensely and i didn't have the saturn it was my friends and it was gone after a while so i never have got to play it again friend of the show bill that's right yeah so briefly my uh my love for that game burned bright but you know i'd like to rekindle that old flame someday so <laughs> it would be awesome to sit down and really review it and just play it again, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of modern games I think we could talk about and I'd love to talk about things that have more retro styling. Uh, the Return of Scott Pilgrim comes up and it's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, you know, as I say at the end of each show when I beg money, beg for money from you all, uh, Nick and I are just a couple of working class guys. I full time dad, part time bartender. Nick's works at a uh, I just blanked out on what you do. It's a warehouse. <laughs> Nick works at a warehouse, uh, you know, usually 40 hours a week. So we don't have all the time in the world to be doing lots of different podcasts. But, you know, that's kind of the reason we wish we could get more money from people. I know it's everyone's got their own budget, so it is what it is. But we'd love to have the time to do more episodes that aren't strictly on 
these older uh, systems or, you know, more OG RPG or maybe even be able to branch out into some of these modern games that have that retro feel. Yeah, for sure, man. There's I, I like I like playing games and talking about them, so I would love to do it more. <laughs> Who wouldn't? And then our uh, our next question is, will we ever get around to Star Tropics? And that is kind of a whole umbrella category of questions that we get a lot is, uh, <laughs> have you guys played X or are you guys going to cover X? And the short answer is yes and yes. Right, right. Um, th- there's tons of games we could play. I did recently play through Star Tropics, uh, kind of in response, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, kind of in response to uh, an email from a listener. And because I had never beaten it before, I played it some and, and enjoyed it. And I did. I liked it a lot. And I would like to... Uh, it's one of the many games that's on that on the pile that's hard to choose from, but it's nice when people write in because it gives us something to, you know, we can bump it up to the top of the pile or as we move through, you know? Yeah, you know, just because we don't always respond or we haven't played that game yet doesn't mean we don't enjoy getting these questions because it does, it's always a game where like, oh, if I don't know about that game, I'm going to check it out or I'm going to research it. And it does give us that idea of, well, more people are into this one. So yeah, let's put that higher on our, our list of priorities. That's for sure. And then a follow up to that one is what games are we looking forward to doing that we haven't done yet for the systems we do cover? Mm, That's a good one, too. Um, I can I can say for Game Boy, I'm looking forward to doing uh, Metroid Return of Samus. It's a game I've only played a bit of, but I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most is Castlevania Bloodlines. Yeah, that's a good that's a good answer because I've played about a third or half of the way through it once a, a year or two ago, and I really liked it, but I got interrupted by some other game. So <laughs> yeah, I'm holding that one. We're holding that one off, but it's definitely one of those ones I can't wait to get to for sure. Yeah, there. Um, and and there's another kind of one of the pleasures I get out of podcasting this sometimes is there are certain weird games that I like that even though I'm not confident that eric will i I still think it's fun to make him play weird games so (laughs) yes you do and you know i like that uh you know because i was kind of stuck in my own platformer world as a kid and i branched out some but you know definitely nick has a wider breadth of games that he played and it is interesting to me to oh this is where this came from or to see how certain games influenced others as as time went on and on the other hand of that i also enjoy making nick play uh pinball games and other yeah, weird Game Boy few. games. There have been a few. Yeah, yeah. The funny part is I'm not a huge pinball guy. It's just that, uh, I don't know. I, I know that Nick was so down on him for a while. I, well, look, I got <laughs> nothing against pinball. I, I just don't Real understand. Real pinball. Yeah, I don't I've never understood video game pinball, but I'm not like hating on people that like it. It's all, you know, you guys can have my share of pinball video game. But specifically, I would like some games like on the NES, like Legacy of the Wizard. I, I've wanted to make Eric play that since we started this podcast, but it's not a big hit so it hasn't worked its way through yet um but there's some other kind of just i like the weird experimental games and sometimes it's fun to to check them out you know yeah uh i can't wait to be made to check it out and then our final question is what are some games that came out of nowhere games that you weren't expecting to be but were surprisingly good and then on the other side of that coin what games came out of nowhere and were horrible or worse than you thought they would be (laughs) okay i'd say let's go with the negative first all right I mean, it's it's so fresh, the wounds, but I mean, 
Battletoad was somehow worse than I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought I knew what I was getting into as well, where I was like, holy crap, like this game is mercilessly evil. I I don't know. Like I I felt like Bayou Billy was (laughs) more fair and fun. I don't know. Were there any other ones that just stand out to you as you weren't expecting them to be so bad or so cruel? I I mean, to be honest with you, I, you know, like I already knew I wasn't a big Donkey Kong Country fan. Uh, I knew what I was getting into with like X-Men. I can't think of any that were really like caught me off guard necessarily. There have been a few weird stinkers, but I feel like I I knew about them ahead of time. Yeah. So then on the other side of that coin, then what are the games or some games that really caught you off guard? How good they were? You weren't expecting to be, you know, added to your staple list of staples. Mm. I mean, right off the bat, again, Contra Hardcore, it's that's another one that's fresh. But I I was really, you know, pleasantly surprised. Um, Mm hmm. Uh, and for me, I would say, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, the Game Boy Kid Icarus game really blew me away. It was everything I wanted in Kid Icarus, but but better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. Um, another one that's one of our earliest episodes that's kind of fraught or had a fraught production, I guess, but was Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I, th- I I hated that game. I thought, and then now I actually really like it because there's a lot going on under that hood that it doesn't care to show or tell you, but it's, it's a, it's a really neat idea for a game that, you know, maybe doesn't quite come together, but I would have never given it another glance if it wasn't for this podcast. So that one really stands out. And like I said, uh, I've become a big fan of the wonder boy series. Those are amazing games that I never had the chance to play and wasn't really expecting much out of. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember the negative one. Uh, Earthworm Jim 2. Oh, see, I, I didn't I didn't dislike that as much as you did, I think. <laughs> I was really I didn't think it was gonna be as bad as it was, and man, I did not enjoy it. I knew what it was. I mean, I knew what I was getting into, and I didn't think it was I don't know. I, I like I said, I, I didn't hate it, so <laughs> But I would say that, you know, mainly because of our choosing, the good has outweighed the bad for sure. Oh, definitely, man. Um and you know, I always try to go in fair and even handed, like where, you know, give it a chance, don't I know how unpalatable some you know old games can be so i I try to be fair to it yeah i mean even when they're not that fun there's always something to learn from them uh i can always force some of the pain on my children or share it with them (laughs) so at least there's that for me yeah that's that's nice that's a good benefit i'm jealous of that yeah it's even the worst games are a little better when you have someone to share your misery with but that's it for our question section of the show And you know what? Just because we answered all those questions today doesn't mean you can't keep writing into us. We love hearing from you folks. Uh, We just had uh, a fan, you know, who said, you know, I'm just getting back into gaming after so many years. And where should I start? And to them, I'd say, start with what you love. Play the games you used to play as a kid and then go through the episodes that you listen. And if a game sounds interesting to you, play that one. Yeah, for sure, man. We love all kinds of feedback. Uh, We had a fan, a fellow Zelda 2 defender. uh, He emailed as well. And and it was always good to hear from somebody who had a similar kind of uh, taste, you know, or or people that got it the first time, I guess. It's cool. But I mean, one of the main reasons we do this show is we we want more people to be playing these old games and share these experiences with each other and with us. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, you guys enjoyed uh, hearing those answers. And like I said, don't quit asking us questions. No, we love it. It's it's flattering. It makes us feel like like internet stars. Indeed. And now on to the nesters. All right, folks, here we are in the second portion of our 200th episode extravaganza. And we're going to be going over the Nintendo Power Awards for 1992, the nesters. Woo! Yes, exciting stuff here. 
Very much so. I know you're a little disappointed that we already covered uh, 91 <laughs> uh, because you weren't able to go back over all those Battletoads wins with a fresh, fresh take on the game. Well, I, I went back and listened. And I, I, w- I was worried that uh, it'd be too soft on it. I don't know. I was just curious to be like, what did I think? <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I think we def- represented ourselves well. So let's get right into it, Nick. Let's do it. For our first category, we have, well, for longtime listeners of the show, these categories, once again, are going to sound a little familiar. Oh, sure. Starting with graphics and sound. All right, Nick. What were the nominees for graphics and sound on the Nintendo Entertainment System? All right. Well, this year we have five nominees and they are Darkwing Duck, The Empire Strikes Back, Krusty's Funhouse, Mega Man 4, and TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project, which is a a selection of games I've only played. (laughs) I mean, we've done Mega Man 4 on the podcast. Um, I've played the third Ninja Turtles and Darkwing Duck a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I've played uh, both of those. Uh, I have played Krusty's Funhouse as well. Sorry. I'm pretty sure I played Empire Strikes Back too. Yeah, I I didn't really play that or Star Wars on the on the NES, um, so I, I can't really speak to that. But and I, I was, played them as an adult, not as a child. Okay, okay. Is um either of them good? No. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Star always... Wars is graphically interesting, but it's one of those games that's almost impossible at its difficulty. Oh yeah. I'm really only familiar with the Super Nintendo ones, but... Uh... Well, let's go to the winners then, Nick. All right. In third place, we have Darkwing Duck. Second place, TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project. And number one was Mega Man 4. Ooh, well, it, it's a good Pretty looking good. game. Yeah. It is. Uh, Darkwing Duck's a lot of fun. It is also kind of like a Mega Man game. Yeah, and I, I thought it had pretty solid graphics, too, like Faithful, you know, all the Disney afternoon games by capcom were, were pretty good there yeah and i'm sure you'll see uh the other two games we haven't played you know in the future on the show that's right next up we have the game boy category nick would you like to read those nominees again i would love to they are batman return of the joker looney tune super mario land 2 six golden coins Mega Man 2 and prince of persia and <laughs> well we've played Sorry. two of them <laughs> on our uh on the podcast yes we have and i've i've played uh, yeah i've never played the other three uh, prince of persia on game boy sounds i don't know <laughs> sounds risky but yeah i i mean i'm kind of interested to see what they did with it yeah it's uh but i mean there's obviously a clear winner there i mean we'll see right away because i'll go over the winners and in third place was looney tunes okay second place mega man 2 and in first place the obvious choice Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins. Sure, yeah. Um, I could see Mega Man being up there, but Mario Land 2 is just a, a huge game that's entirely original. I, I'm sure it has more. Yeah, well, yeah, in addition to originality, I, I wouldn't, or I would imagine that it has more unique sprites and, you know what I mean, more sprites may, than, say, Mega Man 2. Yeah. Now, one thing I, we didn't mention is that if you look closely at the uh, Nestor Award at the beginning of this segment in the Nintendo Power, they do let you know the results were uh, audited by the accounting firm of Mario and Mario. <laughs> so there could be a little bit of a uh, trickery going on, I, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting to think about the different jobs we see Mario have as a plumber. He's in Wrecking Crew. He's Dr. Mario now. Mario CPA or whatever. 
Right. I can't believe they didn't release that game. <laughs> We're begging for it, man. I'm like, okay. Uh, why don't you go through the nominees for our final system here in the graphics and sound category? We've got The Addams Family, Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Soul Blazer, and Super Star Wars. All right. Now, I do have a soft spot uh, for anything Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote related. Sure. I, I have never played they were this my one, favorite <laughs> series of shorts, I think. Oh, they're good, yeah. But I agree, I've never played it. Uh, I don't remember Soul Blazer at all. I've played around with it. It's a game I've been meaning uh, to go back and really explore. It's by Quintet, I I believe. It has like, like it has the same heads-up display as ActRaiser. Similar, you know, same developers and stuff. Oh, that's cool. It's it's an overhead kind of Zelda-y game. If I I remember, I only played a little bit, and it was years ago. So, But I remember it looking pretty cool. And, you know, Adam's Family for Super Nintendo actually does have some pretty good graphics. Yeah. But uh, what's the what's the last game on that list? It was Super Star Wars. Oh, there's two more. Yeah, Super Star Wars. That's a good one. It's uh, fun. Also a little difficult. Sure, sure. But it does look, I mean, the graphics are good and the sounds especially. There's like voice samples voice, from the movies. Yeah, and, yeah. Exactly. And then the winners were, in third place, Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally. In second place, Super Star Wars. And of course, in first place, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Yes. I mean, it's one of the best games on the system in many categories, so I'd be yeah, surprised. I, I agree. And um, I mean, I just feel bad for any other game that would be up against it. Yeah, it's rough, man. So our next category is for theme and fun. You want to hit us with some nominees there, Eric? Well, if we're going in the same order, for the NES, we have, once again, Krusty's Funhouse. Once again, Mega Man 4. Once again, TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project. But new to the list, we have Rampart and Spider-Man, Return of the Sinister Six. (laughs) And I don't know what to say about this category. Well, um... Rampart? I love Rampart. It's okay. You know, I, I love it. I think it's a really fun game, but I can't say that I've played the NES version. Yeah, or Spider-Man Return of the Sinister Six. That one, yeah. I I, I love Spider-Man, as people know. Yeah, yeah. But eh. I, I spent a lot of time um, as a kid. Uh, I would uh, go on vacation with my grandparents for a couple weeks in the summer, and it was no TV, no video games, no anything. But one year, I managed to sneak a Game Boy, and the only game was... Spider-Man Return of the Sinister Six, and it sucks. Well, that was the Game Boy version. Maybe the NES version is way better. Somehow I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you it's not. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say, I I don't think so, but eh, you never know. And, I mean, Krusty's Funhouse is on here again, and that is not a good game. Okay, I I couldn't remember if this was the point where eventually they had like one or two okay Simpsons licensed games, right? Um. I don't know. I, after playing the first one, I just, you know, much like Spider-Man, where I was like, all right, you, you, you burnt me once, so I'm staying away. But our NES winners of theme and fun are, in third place, Spider-Man, Return of the Sinister Six. Okay. Maybe have to take a closer look. Uh, number two is TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project. And number one is Mega Man 4. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the standout amongst the uh, the nominees, I would say. Yeah, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles game, not bad at all, especially when you compare it to the first one. Right, right. I need to go back. I, I did rent this once back in the day, but I, I have very few memories of it. So, eh. Well, since uh, licensed properties always get more people to listen to our show, I'm sure we'll be playing it at some point <laughs> in the future. Yes. Well, next up in theme and fun for the Game Boy, 
we have Bionic Commando, Boggle Plus. If only my extended family had known about that, maybe <laughs> they would have gotten Game Boys because they love Boggle. Hey, Boggle's fun, okay? It is, uh, but until you play with someone that uh, plays the Anagram games on their <laughs> Nintendo DS uh, religiously, so you can't ever get a single point in. <laughs> I think you recall that game. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, next up, we have Kirby's Dreamland, which is good. Then, yep. Then Looney Tunes again, and then Super Mario Land Two: The Six Golden Coins. Ooh, so yeah. Um, that one is. This is the first category I think is really up in the air. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Bionic Commando, even though I haven't really played it. So mm-hmm. for Game Boy, it is on my short list of games I would like to play, though. Yeah, and everyone always talks about, you know, Boggle Plus on Game Boy being one of the funnest games of all time. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> uh, really, it's uh, Super Mario Land 2 and Kirby's Dreamland. Those two are both up there. Oh, yeah. Juggernauts of the system. And Dreamland was the first Kirby game. So, I mean, it was like our, our first exposure to that entire concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, Nick, what were the winners? Well, in third place, we've got Looney Tunes. Can't say why, but I'm not speaking against it. In second place is Kirby's Dreamland. So you know that in first place is Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Yes, it is. And I don't know. I, I don't know if personally I would put that over Kirby's Dreamland. I don't think I would. I, I think Dreamland's got a lot more going on. You know, Nothing against Mario Land 2. Yeah, it's just a more fun and, and kind of a faster game. Sure. And that leaves uh, only one system left here in the theme and fun category, and that would be the Super Nintendo. And it is truly an interesting selection of games. Yeah, this is a, have, a loaded category here. Yeah. We have The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Ooh. We also have Mario Paint. Yeah. <laughs> then we have The Simpsons, Bart's Nightmare. Should it be on the list? Right. <laughs> uh, then Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. And I'm going to... Re- uh, ask you is that just the original street fighter 2 yes it is it's the first one that came out on the super nintendo like you can't choose the same character like you had to put in a code to both okay. choose if ryu or ken or so, so did turbo come next for super nintendo yes there there was okay. one there was championship edition which was between the two but that was on sega genesis if i remember correctly all right and then following that we have uh, the fifth nominee and that would be super star wars yeah <laughs> again it's visually impressive but it is a little hard to play i think uh yeah it is um i I still have fond memories but it's been a while yes that's a that's a whole swath of games we haven't really touched yet yeah man maybe get on that licensed train yeah but uh, i mean you know it's kind of weird to see mario paint in here but i did have mario paint and i had a lot of fun with it in weird ways you know you know that's one of those uh games i i never got mario paint because at first i was like when it came out, I was like, well, that looks dumb. Like, what can you do with it? Yeah. But everyone I've ever known that had it loved it. And they, I mean, they did all kinds of fun things with it. I really feel like I missed out. It was, um, that was a gift from my grandparents, you know, since it seemed semi-educational, I guess, or whatever. You know, I was mm-hmm. more excited. I was like, sweet, I've got this mouse. Now we'll be able to use that on games, but not quite. But it was a lot of fun to make goofy little like animations or mess around with the song maker thing, tool. Right. Now, did any other games, I know there was only one or two, I think, use that mouse? I, I never played one that did, so I, I was very disappointed. <laughs> Bummer. Although I did play plenty of games that should have used it, that would have made it way better, but eh, what can you do? Yeah. All right. Well, the winners for the Theme and Fun Super Nintendo category are... All right. In third place, we have Mario Paint. 
Second place, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. And in first place, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. Wow. Maybe a little contentious there. (laughs) I would have thought that they would have stuck Legend of Zelda at the top, but this was voted on by fans. Right. right. Supposedly. But, you know, I think uh, it's hard to describe or convey the the Street Fighter fervor that existed around that game. Yeah, well, I mean, it was essentially a, a brand new genre. And to have it at home, you know, on the Super Nintendo with the, at the time, the only controller that could truly, you know, that had six buttons. So it was, uh, yeah. And I mean, I definitely played it more than Zelda. I don't know. It's kind of hard to compare like a narrative game versus just a fighting game. But uh, I mean, I can see that one coming in first just because of uh, its extreme popularity at the time. Yeah, for sure. All right. Our next category is for challenge. like to call it the challenge factor yes and starting with the nes the nominees are darkwing duck mm-hmm. dragon warrior 4 gi joe the atlantis factor excellent mega man 4 and prince of persia hmm i've never played prince of persia on the nintendo i think i did i think it was the first time i played it. i remember it being hard to control but i don't know if that's because of the port or just because i hadn't played a game like prince of persia really you know I mean, I think it's pretty kind of hard to control, no matter what system. I kind of think so too. I, I, but it's got that weird. It's, it's all rotoscoped. It's like the the animation cycles take priority over movement. Right, right. Otherwise, a pretty good category. Yeah, I'd say so. It's nice to see a uh, Dragon Warrior Four peeking in there. Yeah, and the winners for the challenge factor in the Nintendo Entertainment System category are third place. Prince of Persia should probably be number one if we're looking at sheer challenge. I, I kind of think so, uh, too. <laughs> second place would be Mega Man 4, yeah. which I thought was a fairly easy Mega Man. Yeah, I I didn't think of it as especially hard myself. So, huh. And then I do not have any experience with the winner. I will defer to you. It was Dragon Warrior 4. I can kind of see it, and and I'll tell you why. Here's a little little preview of my past. I owned this game. I never beat it because... Throughout the game, it's all in different chapters, right? And you control one character and you go through their chapter and then at the end you all meet up. But you only control one character of your party. The rest are AI. Oh. Which is why every time... Nintendo, always- Nintendo <laughs> AI? Yes. 8-bit AI, man. And, and it's rough. They will blast through all their spells and use your items. It sucks. And I, I played through chunks of it at times trying to give it a go, but I would get so fed up with it that I just... I've never went back. But one day... <laughs> So I can kind of see it. Surely they've surely they've remade it at this point. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, for horrible AI, I think that definitely deserves first place. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> and now moving on to Game Boy for best challenge, we've got Batman: Return of the Joker, Bionic Commando, Double Dragon, Mega Man Two, and Ultima: The Runes of Virtue. Wow, that's a wide ranging category. Yeah. And I I don't think I've played very many of them. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Really, I think. It, Have you played Batman: Return of the Joker? I, I played it on the NES, but not not on the Game Boy. Yeah, same here. Well, the winners for Challenge Factor: third place was Double Dragon. Second place was Ultima: The Runes of Virtue. With first place going to Mega Man Two. I think not. Yeah, I mean, I can guarantee you that Ultima game is a way harder than that Mega Man game. I mean, I would think so. I, I didn't play this one. It seemed more like an action RPG. I remember looking at it in Nintendo Power, but not really being that drawn in. 
And just from reputation alone, I feel like Double Dragon, the first one, would probably be the winner. You know, like, right, it's yeah. really hard. And I can't imagine it. I mean, maybe it is easier on Game Boy. I don't know. Hey, I don't know either. But maybe one day we'll find out. One day, indeed. All right. And on the Super Nintendo, our nominees are The Addams Family, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Space Megaforce, Hmm. Super Smash TV, and Super Star Wars. Now that is an interesting list of games. I have never played Super Smash TV. I played it a bit. Um, I lost enough quarters to normal Smash right. TV that I was like, I get I get what this game is. Well, I mean, it, it, I think it worked on the Super Nintendo since you had the four buttons and the cross thing, so you essentially had a, a double, a dual stick shooter kind of. Right. Now, what is Space Megaforce? I think it's a, a shooting game. I have vague memories of it, but I don't... I don't, I've never played it. According to the internet, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just one of those games I, I remember seeing and then just never never played. I don't, I don't know. All right. Well, the winners are in third place, Super Smash TV. In second place, Super Star Wars. But in the wrong order, <laughs> at first place is The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see it you know, winning a category because it's such a good game, but I can 100% say that it is nowhere near as hard as Super Star Wars. Correct. Or Zelda 2. Or Zelda 2, yeah. Or Zelda 1. Yeah, I mean, it's super fun, but I never really thought of it as a hard game, you know? No, not at all. I mean, the dungeons are not very challenging uh, as far as, like, combat or anything. I guess maybe the puzzle elements, but even them, not too bad. No, I didn't think so. No. Our next and final normal category is for play control. And for the Nintendo, we have Darkwing Duck, Felix the Cat, Mega Man 4, Power Blade 2, and TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project. Well, um, some other weird ones here, too. I've played Felix the Cat a little bit. Not enough to speak really? about its uh, play control. Why did they make that game? Was there a new Felix cartoon out at I the time? I don't know. Is it old enough? There had Is to be Is it old one. enough to be, like, free? Or, you know what I mean? Like... Because that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, no one is like, man, I no kids at this time were loving Felix the Cat, that silent cartoon character. Right, right. Well, it's that cat, the clock, right? The cat clock. That's the Felix. Yep. That's Felix. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, those were big in the 80s, but we're in 1992 at this point, aren't we? Yeah. That's that's why the only, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe, or maybe it's just a really cheap license for them to be like, ah, hey, whatever. Indeed. And I haven't played Power Blade 2 either. I haven't either. Um... I liked Power Blade 1, yeah, so yeah. definitely up for it. Oh, sure. And the winners for the NES Play Control. In third place, we've got Darkwing Duck. In second place, okay. there's TMNT3, The Manhattan Project. We got to play that soon. Yeah, yeah. And in first place is Mega Man 4. All right. Well, it does have really good play control, but I thought the play control in Darkwing Duck's pretty good, too. It's just been a while. Yeah. I, so I feel like maybe. Yeah. We'll see. This whole category could be correct. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I remember right, too, from that, the Manhattan Project, um, I think each turtle has a special move as well. Yeah. So it did give you a little more, you know, to do. Now, is Turtles 2 for the NES, is that the arcade yes, game? Yes, that's the one that everyone okay. wanted when they got the first one. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I know. And now the nominees for play control for the Game Boy. We start with Batman Return of the Joker, then have Gradius, the Interstellar Assault, followed by Kirby's Dreamland, then Mega Man 2, and finally Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, it's weird to think of this 
the I feel like I never would have thought the Game Boy Play Control category would be like the most hotly contested <laughs> or like the tightest race. But I feel like the games I've played in this category all control really well. Yeah, I, I mean, well, there's a blind spot for Return of the Joker. I, I have definitely heard that Gradius is a very good port of it. So, you know, I could see that up there, too. Yeah, I mean, Mega Man 2, we both know plays pretty good. Mario Land 2, it's kind of a weird play control. Yeah, yeah. And Kirby, I remember us being amazed at like how much you could do with the two buttons. Yeah, definitely. That's uh it was I was impressed for sure, for sure. But were the voters? Well, let's find out. In third place, we have Mega Man 2. In second place, Kirby's Dream Land, and the winner is Super Mario Land 2, 6 golden coins. 6 golden coins. <laughs> uh yeah. You know, it's not it's just so different from a normal Mario, I feel like, because you've got such that huge sprite. Yeah, and the, the ears. And the ears. Uh, I like the goofy controls of Mario Land 1 more, but again, it doesn't control bad. They're all great controls. Sure, sure. I mean, I would still, this is another category where I think Kirby's Dream Land should take the controls for certain because you just get so much to do, you know? Although, uh, you do not get to change, remember? Oh, right. That's yeah, in the NES yeah. one. Well, no. It, However, we, you do get a lot of cool moves, though. You do. All right. And finally, we have the nominees for best play control on a Super Nintendo game. And number one is Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Two, Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. Three, Super Mario Kart. Four, Super Star Wars. And five, TMNT 4, Turtles in Time. Now, I got to say, um, these nominees... I, I just first read this, I was like, wait a minute, Turtles in Time came out? And it's not in all these other theme and fun, graphics and sound? And Mario yeah. Kart? and w- why is Contra 3 here and not on Challenge, where it definitely should be? Yeah, like, uh, Mario Kart should have been in all the other categories. <laughs> it's weird, but I mean, yeah, because it, these nominees weren't voted on. And this is where you start to see the political machine behind Nintendo Power, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Mario Kart's their Nintendo game, so I'm I'm just very confused at the it whole is weird. situation. It does not make sense. No. I, I yeah. I don't know if they just ha- maybe this was a way of like extending the love to other companies. I guess, but but yeah, Mario Kart should have been in much many more categories, and I'm with you there. Turtles in Time also because that's a great game. Uh, because my hot take is I enjoy that more than the normal Turtles arcade game. Oh, for sure. I think it's. Maybe my favorite beat them up. Like. It's not a hot take. <laughs> Keep it hot. Well, Nick, what are the winners here in this strange category? <laughs> and the winners are in third, we've got TMNT4, Turtles in Time. In right. uh, second place, Super Mario Kart. And okay. in first place, uh, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of things you can do in that game, and it's all about very precise inputs. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I'm just happy that Contra 3 was not on that no, list. No, I mean, <laughs> you get an extra gun, that's about it. The rest of it's all pretty similar, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and our next category is for Best Hero. Oh, and, yeah. I love yeah, these categories because they're always so weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because this is across all systems and our five nominees are chun li darkwing duck guile link and mega man huh <laughs> yeah i i'm always curious when like the street fighter starts to come in because you know i guess you could kind of say ryu is the main character but you know so it's like which ones come through and i i, I don't know 
Yeah, that is a weird, weird list of people. And it is always interesting to see who is the main character. And the winner for best hero in third, we have Guile. Guile. I I can't, I don't, I, I don't know anyone whose favorite Street Fighter character is Guile. <laughs> well, it's just funny too, because at this point in, in my life, there was a constant debate on just how to say his name. Some people thought it was Guile or Gwilly or like, you know, until, you know, we did our vocab books and learned that Guile itself is a word. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got some crazy cool hair. Yeah, if it was best hair, he'd be a shoe in you know. And it does note in the issue that he barely squeaked out a, the third place over Chun-Li, who I think is actually better than him. I would choose Chun-Li. Okay, I, I would agree too. I mean, uh, I think a lot more people know Chun-Li. Yeah, uh, she's the strongest woman in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got her own movie eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And second place is Mega Man. You know, he's a, a standard of the of the genre or of video game heroes you know he's been around for a long time and one of the coolest and he was part of captain n's team oh yeah that's right so i mean he got some exposure there and i think he deserves that spot in in second place yeah well i mean i'm I'm sure that the only reason people are still talking about mega man is that appearance on captain n uh, i agree <laughs> you know i hate to admit it but as much as i was uh, a fan and not fan of that show i have made myself a captain n jacket <laughs> And uh, was planning on wearing it to the uh, one of the retro gaming uh, cons we were going to be attending this summer. But oh. sadly, it'll just have to wait for the future. Now, in first place, of course, the winner of the category and star of the Zelda franchise. Zelda, her, no, it is Link. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Link is a, a cool hero because he's slightly different in like every game. So it's like, I don't know. He can be anything you want. Yeah, and I mean... He is a silent protagonist, but he also has just so many cool, like, weapons and accessories. Yeah, yeah. Now, the flip side to this category is for the best or worst villain. Ooh. And our nominees in this category begin with Aghanim, a villain I don't even know. Well, he's... um. He's from Zelda, A Link to the Past. He's the wizard. Oh, he's that evil wizard guy. Yeah, so he's, You're he's right. not really the villain. I mean, I guess he is kind of, but... Eh, I, yeah, okay. Now I feel like a fool. <laughs> uh, our second nominee is Dr. Wily. A classic. Yes, and so far we've had two evil counterparts from our best hero list. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Which I think goes to show that sometimes uh, a good hero is only as good as his villain is bad. Oh, that's 100% true, I think. Uh, it stays true with M. Bison as our next one. Mm -hmm. uh, then we break from that and we move to the evil Jafar. <laughs> uh, it's specifically called out as evil Jafar, as if there is a good Jafar yeah, somewhere. I was like, did I miss something in Aladdin? <laughs> like where he's a cool guy for part of the movie and then becomes evil? Now, I watched it like a couple during the lockdown. And uh, yeah, he's never very cool at all. Yeah, it's, it's no fun. I mean, maybe when he's like that old old man that gets him out of the cave, but okay. or the yeah. the jail. Now, our final entry is Wario himself. Yeah, which is weird because this is the first appearance of Wario, but it also points out that Mario was not on our best hero list. Yeah, that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah. So then, Nick, who took home the coveted award of best or worst villain? Well, in third place, we've got Doctor Wily. A classic. Mm -hmm. uh, in second place is Aghanim, the mm. wizard. Who is all kind of. Yeah. And in first place is M. Bison. 
Now, uh, you know, I don't remember any of the Street Fighter lore, but in the game, was he the main villain? He is the final boss. Um, okay. I mean, I know he is in the movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. With his bison bucks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's all right, I guess. Um, the There's not a lot to him, at least at this point in the Street Fighter series, you know, where you're like, who is this guy? He's got some cool moves and I guess he looks evil enough. So he is wearing an evil uh, c- commander outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Which at this time just means Soviet inspired. Yes. <laughs> all right. We just have a few more categories to go here. That's right. And we've got some nominees for the most innovative game. Yeah, but specifically only on the Super NES. I guess the other systems were oh. just too, they were sticks in the mud. They, they they didn't innovate this year. They've had all the innovation wrung out of them at this point. I guess, yeah. So we have Mario Kart, Mario Paint, mm-hmm. NCAA Basketball, which... You know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We have Out of This World, and last but not least, Super Faceball 2000. Now, I will say, this is a pretty fascinating list. Um, I don't know anything about NCAA ba- Basketball. Yeah, I'm curious uh, why. In it... real life or this game. Same here. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, I, I think it had like uh, some digitized sprites. Of the characters' faces and stuff. Okay, okay. Have to... But the other four all do represent pretty interesting innovations in gaming. They do, man. You've got Mario Kart with its Mode 7 uh, tracks. Mm-hmm. You've got Mario Paint being the first at-home uh, drawing tool that's not on a computer or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Out of This World was, I think, fully rotoscoped. Yeah, it's one of those. It, it's... I remember it being very graphically impressive, even if I didn't oh, yes. get to see much of it because I, I died very much. And then finally, we have Super Faceball 2000, which was a very unique first-person shooter. Yeah, that was that was one I never really... You, you had that for Game Boy? And Super Nintendo, my friend. Oh, you did? Okay, well, I remember playing... I still have the Game Boy version, yeah. Okay, well, I remember you kind of introducing me to the series where we were all like faceball that is lame you're like no no no, check it out and it was like oh yeah it actually is like a kind of a proto wolfensteiny game yeah and on the super nintendo it was actually kind of fun because you could two-player versus yeah i think that's the one that we played right Yeah. yeah okay cool so in third place the most innovative game was out of this world and in second place was super mario kart and in first place kind of surprisingly was mario paint yeah I mean, can't really argue with it too much. Yeah, I might have gone in a different order with those three. Yeah, I'd probably put Mario Kart number one, personally. Mm-hmm. All right, our next category is one that Nick and I are nothing but experts in. Absolutely, I've been waiting to get to this category, finally. Uh, I know you have a lot to say about each and every <laughs> one of these games, and that is in the category for best sports game. Yes, sir. Uh, we have Super Batter Up. I'm guessing that is a baseball game. Yes. Um, I've heard from reliable sources that we want a batter and not a broken ladder. <laughs> then we have NCAA Basketball, which apparently was very innovative. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's double nominated for a reason. I don't know it, but there's a reason. Uh, then we have John Madden Football from 1993, who seems a little strange, time traveling. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a... Uh... 
I don't know. He's more famous for his traductions, I, I believe. I think he was at this point, but now I'm going to say it's the football game. <laughs> Although one interesting fact is that apparently for many years, uh, he was very involved in these games. Yeah. Well, I mean, early voice samples alone was that was a big deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, then we have NHLPA hockey, 1993. And while I have played a decent amount of hockey games, this is not one of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, my My video game... Hockey experience started with ice hockey and ended with Blades of Steel. Yeah, those are but those are both great. They are, you know. Uh, and finally, we have Roger Clemens, MVP baseball. Mm, yes. Good old Roger Clemens. Rog Clemens. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with him or his baseball. No, but can you please read me the winners of this category? Yes, sir. Well, in third place, we have NHLPA Hockey 93. All right. So, you know, pretty cool. Um... Second place is John Madden Football. And apparently this was the second Madden Football. Okay. I Because uh, at some point here, right, didn't Sega get the license for Madden? Yeah. So this maybe this is the last one on Super Nintendo? Maybe. But the first place winner is NCAA Basketball. Yes. And uh, from the screenshot in Nintendo Power, it does look like it's got some kind of like Mode 7 action going on with that court. Yeah, I think that's got to be why the innovation thing, which, hey, that seems pretty cool. Indeed. Well, we are now down to our final categories, and that is the best overall for each system. Ooh, yes. And I guess uh, starting with the NES, these all have seven nominees, okay? So more competition. All right. And on the NES, we have Darkwing Duck, Dragon Warrior 4, The Empire Strikes Back, Krusty's Funhouse, Mega Man 4, Spider-Man Return of the Sinister Six, and TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project. All games that have been nominated in other categories. Indeed, indeed. Wow, personally, I don't know. I would probably have to go with either the Mega Man or Darkwing Duck games. Yeah. With TMNT right behind. But, you know, I voted many years ago. (laughs) And it turns out the winners were, in third place, TMNT3, The Manhattan Project. In second place, the surprise, Dragon Warrior 4. Mm. And in first place, the blue bomber himself, Mega Man 4. Oh, yeah. And I would probably go with that myself. Like, Despite my earlier comments about the mechanics of Dragon Warrior 4, it is kind of lauded as a really good story and stuff, the way it unfolds. And, and it does it does have some cool stuff, but... Now, the nominees for Best Overall Game for the Game Boy are Batman Return of the Joker, Bionic Commando, Kirby's Dreamland, Looney Tunes, Mega Man 2, Prince of Persia, and Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins. Mm, all familiar Some faces. good games in there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But which familiar face took home the nester? Well, I'll tell you, Eric. In third place, we've got Kirby's Dreamland. Second place is Mega Man 2. And in... And as no surprise, first place is Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Yeah, of course. You know, a new Mario game, I'm surprised it didn't take more of categories. Yeah, I mean, and these are all good. I I think I still look back on Kirby's Dream Land more favorably, but... Yeah, it has so much more charm. Yeah. I mean, hey, I can see where they were coming from, right? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I still love Mario Land 2, and it's it's got its own unique craziness going on. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it posits... A land where Mario lives and has a giant statue of himself. <laughs> he deserves it, man. And I, 
I love it. Okay, and now for the grand finale, the nominees for the best overall game for Super Nintendo are Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Mm -hmm. Mario Paint, Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior, Super Mario Kart, Super Star Wars, and TMNT 4, Turtles in Time. Wow, that's a stacked deck. This this is the most loaded category, I think, because I, I can honestly say, you know, I've played all of these games, and they're all yep. pretty good in their own right, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they can't all be winners. And in third place for best overall Super Nintendo game, we have Super Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Following that, in second place, we have The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. What? Which leaves in first place the surprise winner, Best overall Super Nintendo game for 1992, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. Man. And I think that truly uh, represents the zeitgeist around, you know, the Street Fighter franchise at this point. Yeah, I mean, it had taken over many gamers, mine included. It took over my heart. I was was this whole new genre I was into. I I mean, it it single-handedly kept arcades alive for another two to three years. Yeah, yeah. I think that... In retrospect, you know, it obviously hasn't aged as well as some other games on this list. So, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, no one goes back to Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. Right, right. There's yeah. If you're, if you're going to play one on Super Nintendo, it's Turbo Edition. Yeah, yeah, or even Super or... Oh, or Super. Hell, they had Alpha. Or was there one after that? Oh, there was Alpha 2 was on Super Nintendo as well. Oh, wow. I had that one. It was... It looks great. I, it, the graphics are awesome, but it's like your cartridge has a loading time now, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of a strange category, but, you know, it's definitely of the time, and that's what this is a snapshot of. Absolutely. So that was it, our coverage of the 1992 Nesters. And don't worry, folks, next week we're getting back to our original format, going over a fun game. It will be the previously mentioned Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. And if you love the Nesters, don't worry. There's still a few more for us to cover as we uh, make our way to another 200 episodes. Oh yeah, 200. So thanks everyone out there for supporting the show. Uh, We really, I mean, are just tickled and amazed that as many people listen to the show as they do. It's pretty awesome. It is. And of course, every week, and we continue to thank those wonderful, fine folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. But, you know, I'm going to take a point in this 200th episode to really reach out to all of those who don't give. If you like the show and you want to hear more of it, more stuff like this, more stuff like OG RPG, maybe throw us one, five, fifty dollars if you're some sort of fat cat with a monocle and a top hat. <laughs> but otherwise, you know, the show wouldn't be made without the people that do give to us. So we thank you all so very much. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, so awesome. Thanks. Thanks be to all of ye. I do care. I didn't go over our, our contact info. That's right. And these people are so cool that they could get a hold of us. <laughs> I mean, does it matter? It's the 200th episode. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You, you either know it or don't at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game. For another 200 episodes. Yeah. Game on. What's the game? Not Rygar. We we uh, we going around to the different lands, and it's like a it's like a very early pseudo. 
Metroidvania for NES. Where's our list? You get items and stuff. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Oh, well. And, well, I don't even know where I was going to go with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, my brain is a little fried. It's been a long day. Oh, it's all good, man. I, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> come on. Brain happen. Okay. Um, hold on one second. No, that's why I keep yelling at you that I'm recording. Sorry, my oh, loud yeah. children. <laughs> Why did I even have them? I didn't know they'd be this loud. <laughs> no one told me. No one told me they'd be interrupting my podcasts. 